Welcome to Sport Management Review Insights. I'm your host, Vitor Sobral. Volunteers are a crucial part of hosting sport events. I'm sure we're all aware of that. And you can listen to podcasts we've done on volunteering at Sport Management Review Insights. It also means that selecting volunteers is key to having a well-organized sport event. And so volunteer selection is the topic for this episode. And joining us to discuss this is a very special guest. He's published extensively in sport management, including issues related to volunteers, and has received thousands of citations in doing so. He's Professor Emeritus in the Department of Tourism, Sport and Hotel Management at Griffith University. It's Graham Kiskelly. Welcome, Graham. Oh, hi, Peter, and thank you. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. I don't think we've had a Professor Emeritus on, so uh, you're the first. So congratulations in, in winning that award. Uh, I'm not sure if that's an honour or not. It just means I'm retired and I've spent a long time in uh, academia. But anyway, that's life. It's okay. Graham and co-authors Liz Fredline, Injun Kim, Shane Barry and Pam Capolides recently published Volunteer Selection at a Major Sport Event, a Strategic Human Resource Management Approach. Now, Graham, I have two distinct memories of volunteers at major sport events from my time as a journalist. One is of uh, great difficulty at the 2014 FIFA World Cup in Brazil. And the other is actually from the Nanjing Olympics in the same year, the Nanjing Youth Olympics. I had a team of volunteers helping with my bags at the airport. So how does this research help us understand what was going on then and then in sport event volunteering more broadly? I look at the research we were trying to, uh, we're doing was trying to, um, just understand where volunteer selection fits into the whole human resource management process in recruiting volunteers. So, look, I, there's I, look, there's a number of reasons, I suppose, you'd want to be interested in this. I, first of all, I guess uh, volunteers are a pretty critical part of any major sport event these days, um, not only because they represent uh, engagement with community, but they also, you know, let's face it, are... Uh, a very valuable source of uh, cheap labour um, for running an event. So if there was a bunch of people helping you carry your bags, um, I'm not sure uh, whether the cheap labour wins out there or the community engagement, but uh, um, it, it's, it's interesting. If you were sending a paid employee, there wouldn't be more than one. Uh, in fact, you might have to find your own way uh, to, to pick your bags up and go to where you're going. So that's the nice part about volunteering in major events is that there is sense that uh, people feel a sense of ownership in uh, in a major event and, and want to be part of it um, as a community member. What made you think that uh, looking at volunteer selection was a really important factor that, that needed to be considered in the, in the research? Well, the reason we got into this is uh, that volunteer selection seemed to us to be pretty under-researched uh, on the basis that most people who were uh, research surveyed as uh, interview participants or completing surveys as a major sport event volunteer were people that were uh, had already had the experience or were already selected. So what we were sort of trying to understand is how to get the from the step where you put the word out to uh, ask people to put their hand up to volunteer and actually select those people. Look, the example of we had here, there was around about 240,000 uh, people for the Tokyo Olympics, which is another story, I guess, <laughs> but uh, that put their hand up to volunteer and uh, they had to select 80,000 people out of that to fill all the positions they had. So, so how do they do that? And, and, and uh, strategically, how does that work? That's a, that's a very big job to sort that out. And you researched this from the perspective of strategic human resource management. What does that actually refer to? And why do you think it was useful when you were looking at sport event volunteering? If we work on the basis that 
Um, most major sport events have an overall strategy about what they're trying to achieve. And often that's clearly it's associated with running a good event, but it's also uh, often associated with winning that event is, uh, is having some sort of legacy uh, from that event um, as well. So if strategically they're trying to run a good event, they need volunteers and an important part strategically running an event if you uh, are trying to produce some sort of legacy beyond just uh, having um, major facilities available to the community after things are over, um, after the event's finished, uh, then you need to align, I, we, we argue anyway, align your human resource management practices with the overall strategy for the event. Strategic human resource management approach is uh, how that can occur in, in terms of aligning the organisational, uh, sorry, aligning the HR practices in a major event with the overall strategy of what the event is trying to, uh, trying to do. And so also from, from the literature and perhaps even from anecdotal evidence, I guess, from what mm. you've heard, what did we actually know of selection practices for volunteers? Look, I don't know if we sort of knew that much. There was very little published research on um, volunteer selection. There was plenty on uh, recruitment, retention, uh, management, um, and, and so on, but there didn't seem to be any research that we could really uncover except for a couple of very quite small studies. Uh, and one was a, an auto-ethnographic sort of study of an individual going through the process, which was quite interesting, uh, but it was one person's experience. Uh, so we were trying to get into this in a, in, a, in a bigger sort of way in terms of understanding problem from the perspective, probably more uh, from the perspective of the event organiser about how they get through this process uh, that, is critical to the success of the event, but also a very complex sort of process in terms of, well, for example, the Commonwealth Games uh, on the Gold Coast uh, was a study of the event that we studied. I uh, had to recruit 15,000 volunteers, not as large as the Olympics, of course, but they had 12 functional sort of areas in which they had to place those sort of volunteers. So that's not a simple sort of process to align those uh, volunteers with the functional areas, with the skills and experiences that they have and the expectations that they have in going into a volunteer role. So it's, it's a pretty complex sort of process for any sort of event. And the larger the event, obviously, the more complexity uh, that's involved. As you mentioned, you said you wanted to get into this in, in it, research this in, in a much broader way than, than what's been done before. So you worked with the 2018 Gold Coast Commonwealth Games organising committee with their volunteer application to collect the data. Can you tell us a bit about that? We added another, managed to get another section added to the volunteer selection process, which is around the motives that people had to put a volunteer application uh, in. Um, so all, all of our data is, uh, is secondary data. So we co-design part of the volunteer application system with the Goldock organisation on the basis that uh, we could be provided with access to a certain amount of data from that. So we had essentially all the records minus personal identification variables uh, from the volunteer application database. Now, that's not of the volunteers that were selected, but it was all the volunteers that applied uh, for position wanting to be selected for a volunteer position. So, so that's the source of the data there. We, there wasn't a lot that we designed ourselves. It was more the collaboration 
with uh, the um, uh, volunteer management section of the Goal.com Commonwealth Games. Was that an easy thing to come up with? I, I can imagine trying to add something to the application process. Uh, they must have been thinking, mm, it's already going to be a big enough job. Uh, that look, that's very true. They weren't particularly forthcoming in wanting to make the application process longer, but they did add the section on uh, volunteer motives for us, which was fantastic because, um, I, you know, a lot of times when motivation is studied with volunteers at special events, it's volunteered through a survey process, which is, of of course, of the volunteers who have already been selected. So, so our approach was to try and understand the selection process, not understand volunteers who, who already participate in the games. It seems to me a fairly novel way of collecting the data. How successful do you think it was? Look, it, it was successful to the extent that we had data from over 50,000 cases, uh, which is a pretty large sort of data set, which had its own sort of issues in terms of trying to manage that and, and wrangle the data, but that was okay. But that data also included a lot of variables we weren't allowed to really have access to. So that was a bit of a problem. So we couldn't get into the um, age group and other demographic variables that uh, the volunteers definitely, we know they provided because we were part of the design of the process. But So it does have a limiting sort of factor then that um, anything that could have been potentially used to identify an individual volunteer, we didn't have access to. So, So in lots of ways, some of the data wasn't, we couldn't analyse it, which would have been really helpful. Uh, for example, a Goldock organisation uh, had run a reconciliation action plan through part of its strategy, but we weren't provided access uh, to the, um, uh, the ethnic or racial background of any of the volunteers who applied. So we don't really know how successful that was. I'm used to doing, uh, and I think qualitative researchers are used to doing interviews with, you know, 10, 20, maybe 30 people. You had to deal with 50,000 <laughs> applications. How did you go about analysing all that data? Well, of course, qualitative and quantitative research have very different sort of philosophical underpinnings and everything else. So it wasn't that difficult from the point of view that the data was already in a database. So, you know, essentially we could extract that, we could import it into uh, SPSS uh, and then we could run the analysis that we need to run. There was some cleaning up of the data, as always is, with quantitative data. Then, then we get in and, and run the analysis and uh, as we sort of outline in the paper itself that was published, um, we use a logistic binary logistic regression analysis with, uh, because uh, effectively all of the data was uh, yes, no, or, or basically not selected when the person filled out their application. So it's a rather basic sort of analysis, but with a very large sort of data set. And from the analysis, what, what did you find? What were the results? Well, look, in essence, what we found was that there wasn't a lot of alignment between strategically what the Goldock organisation was trying to do with this volunteer management program um, and who were actually selected. So what I'm saying, I guess, is that strategically... Goldock were trying to develop a legacy for volunteering in the Gold Coast sort of region, uh, but it became pretty clear that the most important sort of priority in this was to actually recruit a bunch of volunteers who had pre-existing sort of skills who could be assigned to functional areas uh, and just get the job done of staging the event. The idea that there was going to be some sort of volunteer legacy, uh, while it was discussed plenty of times on the way through, 
and there was a large database of potential volunteers that were provided to other organisations after the event. You know, the focus really was on the successful staging and delivery of the event, which is completely understandable because the timeline's fixed. You know, the event runs, starts on a certain day, and if the volunteer uh, volunteers that are recruited for the event aren't ready to go, well, that's a problem. So interestingly, we found there was a pretty big gap between what was written in the strategy and what actually occurred in the selection process. So in a broader sense, what, what does this all mean? How did this advance our understanding of, of volunteering and event volunteering? I don't want to be um, particularly sort of critical of what Goldock did. It, it, you know, the event ran very smoothly. Uh, there was a high level of satisfaction with the event and uh, generally. So that, in effect, they staged a very successful sort of games and uh, recruited and placed volunteers despite all the challenges in the uh, various functional areas across multiple sort of venues and, and, and away it went pretty well without a, without a sort of hitch. But if the strategy was to do more than stage the event, then there wasn't a whole lot of focus on that. And I think this is probably fairly typical of most major events in that legacy from various sort of perspectives, but from our perspective that what we're interested in from uh, the volunteer angle largely gets sort of pushed to one side. So that while there are strategies there and there is a lot of uh, writing about in the submissions and the bids to develop a strong sort of legacy from events it doesn't seem to sort of follow through all that much, at least from a volunteer perspective. Um, you know, obviously there are other sorts of legacies from the transport systems and major venues and those sorts of things that have occurred. Probably um, a residual sort of feel-good sort of factor in, in the community and, and lots of other intangible sorts of things, but we just didn't see it sort of follow through on the volunteer side of things. So, so that's probably one area where major event organisers could uh, actually learn a bit about how to carry that sort of legacy through if that's part of their strategy. So Graham, based on, on this, and of course, all your knowledge of, of sport management mm-hmm. and volunteering, how would you advise sport events? We've got a massive, potentially one happening in Southeast Queensland in 2032, the potential yeah. Olympic Games happening. But also for, for any sport event, what would your advice to them be about volunteer selection? Look, I, I think overlaying uh, strategic human resource management approach has a lot of benefit for event organisers uh, because they can clearly see an alignment between what the event's trying to achieve overall, what the goals are for the event and how those goals are carried through into the volunteer selection, recruitment, management sort of uh, practices. So, and, and I think that's increasingly the case anyway. I think major event organisers have to be quite strategic in the way they undertake these sort of tasks because they are running uh, a very complex time-pressured sort of operation where the cost of failure is really unthinkable, I guess, uh, that if the event's not ready to go and the volunteer's not ready to go, which is an important part, then there's going to be some serious problems and consequences uh, for those event organisers. So it's an area that they can't afford to fail and have to take a very um, methodical and strategic sort of approach. So read the text, read, read the article. That, that's the key point, isn't it? Read what uh, you've Well, we'd like to read the article, but 
suppose people can just focus on key parts of the article they want to extract uh, what we key sort of findings were for us so from the article so yeah it'd be nice if people did read the article Graham, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you about this. I think really important research as well for, for sport event organisers and, and for volunteers too. Yeah, quite serendipitous that, uh, you know, that Southeast Queensland looks like uh, it's in the uh, number one position to take on the 2032 Olympics. And I presumably, you know, that organising committee will take a lot from the uh, Gold Coast Commonwealth Games and, and, and also... Uh, quite obviously the Sydney Olympics that went before that uh, were also very highly successful, which is really interesting, actually, in that the Sydney Olympic Games recruited around about, we did some research there years ago, um, uh, recruited around about uh, 40,000 volunteers. It was all done on pencil and paper. So the application process, uh, and I think they received 70,000 paper applications. I it would be a nightmare just to walk into the room where all of those applications were stacked. So things have come a long way uh, since uh, it was pencil and paper to apply for a volunteer sort of position. So, so, so that's, that's a big benefit. And, and look, I, one thing that did come out of this is that there's possibly an opportunity to apply a bit of artificial intelligence in the sort of uh, selection process if there's that many people in a volunteer database. I imagine that if the Olympics do get staged in Southeast Queensland, that they're going to attract a lot of attention from people wanting to put an application in volunteer. I can imagine the uh, the organisers, uh, if it does happen, the organising committee might be giving you a call about volunteers. I think. Nah, well, if, if I'm still around. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much yeah, for that. Right, thanks for your time. And thanks for listening to Sport Management Review Insights. At the Sport Management Review website, you'll find all the latest research being published, including the article discussed in this episode. Volunteer selection at a major sport event, a strategic human resource management approach. That's it for this episode, but of course, there's plenty more episodes you can download to your favorite podcast player. Until then, it's bye for now.